listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Night two in the house. Um, We're going to be going uh, live all this week at nine o'clock with this series, five areas of life you must master. Did you miss last night? If you did, I highly encourage you to go back and to watch that one um, because it's the foundation. We talked about uh, the area of the battlefield of your mind has to be said, has to be uh, talked about. But tonight we're going to go deeper. I want to show you something uh, from the word of God tonight. Maybe you've never thought about it in this uh, context as I'm going to show you tonight, but uh, this is a vital point and piece of your Christian life, especially if you're understanding life from a Pentecostal perspective, as we are um, understanding the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, We dealt with the mind last night. Tonight, I want to show you another aspect of life that has to be mastered if you're going to see overwhelming victory and never-ending increase. Of course, our confession has been 2020 will be a year of violent increase, expedited favor, and of course, May is our month of miracles. We've been saying that, confessing that, and so, and we're not only saying it and confessing it, we're seeing it. God's doing it, and the testimonies are coming in, but that's why we're doing this series this week is if you don't understand, if there's areas of life that you don't master, they will master you. Please understand that. If there are areas of life that you don't master, they will master you. And there's one of the things that's important to understand is when it comes to these areas, I've said this before, some mistakes are easy to fix. Some mistakes take years to fix and other mistakes can never be fixed. And so we don't live life flippantly. We don't just do, you know, whatever we want, however we feel. We actually take uh, care about what we do in life, the choices we make. I taught it this morning. Everything you release from your life is a seed. And so what we do, we never live life flippantly. As Paul said, we press toward the mark. We run that we may obtain the prize. And that's our desire. So I'm, I'm covering these areas with you because it has to be seen that if we don't, if we don't take steps on purpose to walk in victory, victory will never come. It's not something that sovereignly hits people's lives whenever God chooses to send blessings. Due season is determined by the actions of faith you take and the disciplined actions you take according to the word of God. So I want to show you this. And tonight I want to talk about uh, the depth, the extreme depth of your human spirit. And we're going to cover the human spirit tonight. Very, very important. Because as I've said, and I've been teaching this, many Christians are living below where God's called them to live, living below their potential, living below their power, their inheritance in Christ. And that should never be the case. You should always be living at the highest possible level. But there's things that you've got to do in order to be there. It doesn't come automatically. And so um, I want to show you this tonight. And by the way, if you See, that's Ariana's putting that scripture up, 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, 
but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. And we're going to be dealing with that tonight. But one thing that uh, we've got to talk about, hey, Mike, love you, man, is how vast the human spirit is. And I want to start there because it's, it's, uh, it's very important that you see this picture. Um, let's start in Mark chapter five, gospel of Mark chapter five. And as you're coming on, let me know where you're watching from. I'm seeing a lot of new names, um, people that I've, I've not seen on the broadcast before. And, uh, so as you're jumping on, let me know where you're watching from. If you're new, if it's your first time watching the broadcast, let me know it's your first time here. Hey, Aristotle. Good to see you. Mark chapter five. Deb's in Ohio. Good to have you on. Um, and thanks for sharing, by the way. Mark chapter five is the story, of course, Jesus coming um, across the sea uh, into the region of the Gerasenes. And who does he meet? The man in the graveyard. Hey, Danny, that has a legion of demons, a legion of demons um, on the inside of him. And look at this. I want you to see this. The Bible says, Verse two, Mark five, two. And when there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, he lived among the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he'd often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out, cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice said, what do you have to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God, don't torment me. For Jesus was saying, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus said, what's your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. Now, I want you to catch this. And you've heard me say this before. um, And it's, it's important to catch this principle. The demon said Legion. Of course, the Romans were occupying Jerusalem. And legion was a reference to a Roman legion of soldiers. It was the name of a battalion. And history tells us that a a legion of soldiers was anywhere between four and 6,000 soldiers. And so it's possible that this demon was uh, letting Jesus know, he said, because there's many of us in the man, that there's anywhere between four to 6,000 demons in one man's body. Think about this. Four to 6,000 demons in one man's body. The point I want to start out with tonight is we're covering the aspect of the spirit. Last night, we covered your mind. Tonight, we're covering the spirit. Five areas of life that must be mastered. We covered mastering your mind, mastering your thoughts last night. Tonight, we're covering how to master the human spirit. And um, one of the things that I want you to see right off the bat is how vast the human spirit is, how vast the human spirit is. Um, When you look at a man and see that it would be possible to have thousands and thousands of demons living in the spirit of a man. I mean, think about that. Living inside one man. How vast is that man's spirit? I mean, it's insane. How vast is that man's spirit? But then take it on the positive side. The Bible says in Paul writing to the Corinthian church, he said, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And obviously, you know that the Holy Spirit is much greater, much more powerful, much larger than any demon spirit. 
So t- take it from the uh, positive side. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. There's my father. Love you, dad. Your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. So think about how vast your spirit man is, how massive your spirit man is that in the Old Testament, this man's spirit could contain thousands upon thousands of demons. But now in this New Testament, you can carry around with you the fullness of the Holy Ghost. Think about that. You can carry with you the fullness of the Holy Ghost. That's amazing. It's amazing. So I want you to uh, write this in the comments section. My spirit is big. I want you to write it that way. My spirit is massive. My spirit is vast. And I want you to catch it from the beginning. My spirit is big, massive. My spirit is vast. Whatever word you want to use. My spirit is large. In fact, if you were to look in the mirror and see the size of your body, What people don't understand is that your spirit man is much, much larger than your body. (laughs) This is, this is it. What you don't, what, what many people don't understand, my spirit is much, much larger than my body. It's important to understand that your spirit is, it, it literally is expands beyond expands beyond your body and the anointing of your spirit. It actually expands beyond your body to the point. I mean, think about this to the point your spirit, the power of your spirit is not just contained within your body. It's outside of your body. If you think about it, it's outside of your body. That's how even you think about when Peter walked by and they laid sick people out next to the road. And Peter's spirit man, his, the anointing on his life was so big that just as he walked by, the spirit of God, the anointing of God was in his shadow outside of his body so that when his shadow passed over, think about that, when his shadow passed over these people, the miracles began to take place. The power of his spirit was not contained inside of his body, but it even extended to the outside of his body. You are overflowing. I want you to think about this. You're overflowing with the very power of God. You're overflowing. I want you to write that. I overflow. I overflow. I overflow. Tonight, recognize this. You are overflowing with the mighty power of God. It's not just some little, you know, mustard seed of a spirit of God that's somewhere buried deep within your, no, you're overflowing with the mighty power and presence of God. It comes out of you. It flows from out. Let me ask you a question. How do you think, of course, I just gave you the example of Peter where even his shadow carried the anointing of God to when the shadow fell over those that were sick or had problems, miracles began to take place. But let me ask you a question. How do you think it was possible that in Acts chapter 19, handkerchiefs and aprons were taken off of the the body of the apostle Paul? And then when they were brought to the sick or the diseased or the demon possessed, they were made free. Well, obviously... You realize, don't you, that what anointing was in Paul was overflowing out of Paul and saturating the handkerchiefs and the aprons. 
You, there, see what I'm telling you? There's tons of scriptural precedent for this. It's, it's not just in the shadow of Peter, but it overflowed out of Paul's physical body and got into the handkerchiefs and aprons that were on his body. And then as they took that, uh, it's almost as if, if you were to just dump water out of a bucket and it just towels were soaked with the water, the handkerchiefs and the aprons were soaked with the anointing of the Holy ghost. And the, the anointing was not contained within his body. It was overflowing out of his body and getting into those cloths. And then as those were taken to the sick, they were made whole. You overflow. There's my, my friend, Pastor Pete Padilla. Love you, my friend. You overflow with the power of God. It's running out of you. I'm going to show you a scripture in a moment from the Amplified Bible that is going to blow your faith to a new level. But catch this. It's Paul, it's Paul overflowing and that anointing getting, saturating those handkerchiefs and aprons. Let me give you another example in the New Testament. In Mark chapter five, that's where we're reading now. If you go further, you know what you're going to find? The, the story that everybody knows, the woman with the issue of blood, the woman with the issue of blood. What happened to her? She passed through the crowd because she said, if I can just touch, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Notice she didn't even touch Jesus' physical body. Jesus didn't lay hands on her. None of that happened. She just said what she said by faith. If I can just touch the hem of his robe, I'll be made whole. Understand something. The power of God was flowing out of Jesus, out of Jesus, out of Jesus. And this wasn't the only time, by the way, in the New Testament that people pressed in and touched even his clothes and touched him and were made whole. But she touched his garment, not his body, his garment. And so much anointing was literally flowing out of Christ that his garment was saturated with the anointing. And when his garment, hallelujah, when his garment got saturated with the anointing, she reached out and touched it and virtue flowed out and made her whole. And he felt it go. That's, that's the amazing thing. He felt it go. He turned around and said to his disciples, who touched me? And they said, Lord, look, look at the crowd. Everybody's touching you. He said, no, no, I felt virtue go out of my body. Meaning I felt someone touch me by faith. And so even out of his clothes, he overflowed to the point it even was in his clothes. The anointing's not trapped inside your body. You're overflowing with the anointing. See, that's that's what I want you to catch tonight. Is is we don't just have this little chip off the old block that's on the inside of us and we have to go searching around. I know I had that anointing here somewhere. Where is that? No, you don't have to do that. The anointing is overflowing out of your body. Wherever you go, wherever you walk, when you begin to speak, anointing flows out of the people of God. Flows out of the people of God. Go back to the Old Testament. You know what the Bible says? As Elijah and Elisha were getting ready to cross the Jordan River and Elijah was gonna be taken into heaven by a chariot. The anointing had overflowed out of Elijah and gotten into his mantle. And the Bible says he took that mantle and he struck the water 
And think about the power of this. He struck the water with the cloth. Well, what was different about the cloth? The anointing, that prophetic anointing that was on him got into that mantle, that cloth. And the Bible says he struck the Jordan River with the cloth and the thing had to part and they walked across on dry ground. Why? Because the anointing was not just in him, it was on him, it was overflowing out of him, and it even got in the cloth. The anointing is overflowing out of you. You've got a river of life. You know, when I was growing up, that used to be a song that we used to sing. If you've been in church for a long period of time, you'll remember a song we used to sing that was like, I got a river of life flowing out of me, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. That was a song we used to sing. There was spring up a well within my soul. That was a song with the understanding in me is a river of life that doesn't stay bottled up. He said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. It's flowing out of your belly, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. It's flowing out of you. Why do you think we have the ability to lay our hands on the sick? If it was bottled up somewhere in our belly, then laying hands on anybody wouldn't matter. Wouldn't matter at all. But when you understand that there's something flowing out of your body, if you could see it in the spirit, you're dripping with the anointing. It's like when you get out of the pool and you know you start walking through you know, the house or whatever, or you walking across the deck and you can see that the drips following you across the pavement or across the wood or whatever you're walking on. And you can see, man, they've definitely been in the water. They're getting everything soaked. You don't go in the house. You're going to get the house all dirty. You're going to get the carpet wet. Well, what's happening? The thing that saturates your clothes and saturates you is dripping off of you. And if you could see yourself in the Holy Ghost, you're dripping with the anointing. Everywhere you go, you're leaving residue behind you. See, that's why, that's why when you read Acts chapter three, for example, that's a great place to look. Acts chapter three is an interesting story because Peter and John are headed up to the temple at the hour of prayer. And the Bible says they meet a lame man who's there beside the gate begging for, for alms. And, uh, I love what Peter said. He said, silver and gold have I none? Now catch this next phrase. But such as I do have, I will give you. What I do have, I will give you. Something Peter knew. I've got something on the inside of me that's flowing out of me. Remember, this is the same man who his shadow healed. I've got something inside of me that's flowing out of me that I can transfer to that man. I can transfer to the layman. And when I do, his feet and his ankle bones will receive strength and he'll jump up. He fully expected. You know how I know he fully expected the man to jump up? Because when the man wasn't moving fast enough, the Bible says Peter went over, grabbed him and yanked him up onto his feet. And so he knew, I've got something in me that I can transfer into you. Because I'm overflowing, hallelujah. I am overflowing. If you haven't written it in the comments yet, put it in the comments. I'm overflowing. I'm overflowing. And then let me show you this in in the Amplified. 
I want you to catch this, man, because this will stir you up. If you have an Amplified Bible, this would be a great one to mark down, highlight, if you have it. I'm overflowing. In the Amplified, it's found in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 19. Listen to the way this is rendered in the Amplified Bible. Paul writes this. Catch it. I'll read it slowly because it's wordy. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. Now listen to this part. That you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God and may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body that is wholly filled and flooded, hallelujah, with God himself. Do you see that last part? That you may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body that is wholly filled, holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, the whole of you, filled and flooded with God himself. I want you to write that because that's it. once you catch that, I am flooded with God. I am flooded with God. Pop that in the comments and never forget it. I am flooded with God. Literally, he's overflowing. The power of God's spirit is overflowing out of you overflowing out of you. You're, wherever you go, you're leaving residue behind. That's what people don't catch is when you lay hands on the sick, it's not the hand itself that heals the sick. It's not you know the hand to the forehead. It is the residue that nobody can see that you're leaving behind, that you're imparting to someone else that brings the miraculous. The power of the Holy Ghost is a substance on the inside of you. It is the virtue of God. That's what Jesus said he felt leave his body. I felt virtue go out of me. There is a substance on the inside of you. Hey, Brandon, love you, buddy. There is a substance that flows out of you. And when the substance flows out of you, you understand what's taking place. It is changing whatever it touches. It's changing whatever it touches. Demons have to recognize and leave. Every spirit of heaviness has to go. Sicknesses have to be healed. Diseases must run out the back door. There's a substance in your body that flows. And your human spirit is vast. It's extremely vast. To imagine that you carry that kind of power inside your body. Doesn't, I mean, that should blow people's minds that I, I carry that kind of power on the inside of my body. It overflows. Man, that'll make you shout. It overflows out of your body so that wherever you go, whatever you do, isn't it interesting to know that demons could feel Jesus coming? I mean, think about it. They would feel, they could feel him coming. Jesus was anointed to torment the devil, and so are you. We're anointed to torment the devil. Demons could feel him coming. They'd get restless, they'd get nervous, they'd get anxious. Do you realize a man 
that nobody could overpower. This man, Legion, that was filled with a legion of demons. Nobody could overpower this man. The Bible says they tried in the cities and villages to bind him with chains. They couldn't bind him with chains. He would break them and continue to be violent. Nobody, nobody could restrain him. But notice when Jesus showed up, thank you, Ben, I love you. When Jesus showed up, notice what this man did, took off running toward Jesus and bowed down low before him and begged him, please do not torment us before our time, please. What happened? The spiritual force that used to be the strongest spiritual force in the region just recognized something more powerful than me just showed up. Something more powerful than me just showed up. And when those demons felt it, they located the source of that power. The Bible says they saw him from afar off and they ran. They ran. (laughs) They could so feel that their time was up that they ran to beg. They ran to beg. Please don't torment us before our time. The devil must beg on his knees at your feet for you to not torment him. People have the wrong, the wrong picture in their mind. They think I've got to just play, you know, and I understand, I understand the, the, the concept, but I want you to just think about the, just for a moment, this is not, I'm not saying this to condemn anybody or to mock anybody. I just want you to think for a moment, even the phrase plead the blood, You've, I'm sure you've heard that if you've been a Christian for any period of time. I plead the blood. Well, what does that actually mean? Think about what it actually means. Do you have to plead? Do you have to plead for anything? The blood has already been shed, number one. And if you're a Christian, the blood's already been applied. It's not going to be applied again. It's already been applied. It's already been given to you. You've been washed clean by the blood of Jesus. You have a covenant with Christ through the blood of Jesus, and you're walking in that covenant. You've already been given authority. You've already been given dominion. You've already been given power and every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So there's really nothing for you to plead for. There's nothing for you to ask for. There's really nothing for you to, what's really left for Christians to do is to take authority and take dominion and take a hold of the word of God and make this word their foundation and cause every harassing force that's come against your life to take off running because you carry the dominion, authority, and power of God upon your life. We don't have to plead for the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood. I plead it over my house. I plead the blood over my children. What are you pleading for? Why don't you just understand you've been made one with Christ? You are his body. You are the body of Christ. You are one and the same with Jesus. You are in his body. You've been grafted into the family of God. And now by the spirit of adoption, Paul taught, by the spirit of adoption, you are part of the vine. You do not have to try to be God's child. You don't have to try to be under the blood. You're under the blood. 
You're, the, the blood of Jesus has been given to you, and by faith, you've received the benefits. So now by faith, we walk by faith, not by sight. We use the word of God. If you want to know the truth of it, in the New, in the New Testament context, we're not trying to apply the blood. We're applying the word. If anything, I call on the word. I don't call on the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus has already been shed. I've already benefited from the blood of Jesus being shed. I'm already in covenant with God through the blood of Jesus by faith. By grace through faith are you saved. I'm already inside the family of God. What we've been given is not to just go around applying the blood, apply the word. Bible doesn't say that God's exalted his blood above his name. He's exalted his word above his name. Hallelujah. The word of God is the thing that we use. This is the tool. This is the sword of the spirit. Go ahead and read. I mean, if you read uh, about the armor of God, the armor of God, none of it's made up of the blood of Jesus. None of it. The breastplate of righteousness. That's what's already finished. That's already done. The belt of truth. That's the word of God. Your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel, that's the word of God. The shield of faith. How does faith come? By hearing the word of God. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The helmet of salvation, which comes through that same covenant. So I already have it. I don't need it. I've got it. And so sometimes we say things because we've heard them and heard them and heard them. And it puts us in a perspective that we're, we're down here and we're somehow pleading for God to move. Plead, I plead, I plead. It's that, it's that old school mentality of that. I'm down here, a filthy, rugged sinner, a wretch. I need God. You know, it's like I heard, um, I was listening the other night. One of the people that used to be in the Rama singers and band was, uh, um, when Brother Hagen was still alive, um, was on stage giving a, a just an exhortation before Brother Hagen took the microphone. My friend was interviewing him a couple nights ago. And he said, I got up and took the mic and I said, hallelujah, how many know? We look unto the hills from whence cometh our help, for our help comes from the Lord. And he got up and gave that exhortation and went on about that. I'm looking under the hills and all this stuff. And then Brother Hagin took the microphone and came up to the, to the pulpit and said, I'm not looking to the hills. You know, the place gets as quiet as could be, like you'd hear a pin drop. I'm not looking under the hills. <laughs> my, help doesn't, my help's not coming from the hills. He said, I look within me. For now, my help's not coming from the hills. My help has been deposited on the inside of my body. For the Holy Ghost from heaven fills our physical bodies. Our help comes still from the Lord, but the Lord has chosen to make his dwelling place on the inside of every believer. So we've said things for years that become colloquialisms, you know, and we continue, people continue to say that, but you don't have to plead anything. We're not pleading what are we beggars? Are we down here on the earth begging for the help of God? Are you begging for the, see, this is this mindset that people get that we're just down here, lowly sinners saved by grace victims. And we're just so filthy and unworthy of God's presence. And he's way up there in heaven. And we've got to somehow plead, Oh God, intervene on a pleading. The, and remember you're seated in heavenly places 
with Christ Jesus. Though you were dead in trespasses and in sins, he raised us up together and seated us with Christ in heavenly places. Ephesians 2, 6. Though we were dead. Think about that. At the moment of salvation, we're not going to get there. He, When Christ was raised, I was raised. When Christ died, I died. When he was buried, I was buried. When he was resurrected, I was resurrected. When he was raised, I was raised. When he was seated, I was seated. We are one with Christ. In him. In whom? In Christ. No, it doesn't mean to put on Christ as our armor. When it talks about putting on Christ, it's talking about salvation. For example, uh, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 27, as many as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. It means that you're now in Christ. You are part of that covenant. You're in him. You're in him. It's identification with Christ. I am part of his body. I'm not separate from him. I'm him. Amen. I've used this analogy multiple times. Just like my fingers are all me and my arms are all me, my legs are me, my neck is me, my head is me. It's all Ted. There's di- you don't get different names for the different parts of my body. This isn't Tom and, and Jim over here. And then my legs are, are you know, Richard and, and uh, you know, no, it, it doesn't work like that. Every part of me is me. Every part of me is Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. So you understand that if you're in Christ, Paul taught the Corinthians, if you're a part of his body, then you are him. There's not a separation between you and Christ. If if you're any part of his body, you are him. And every Christian is a part of his body. So we're not pleading for something. We're not sitting down here pleading, oh, I just, oh, I pray, oh, God, please, please help us. And it doesn't work that way. And so we've get, we have these things where it's a mentality. And, I, and it's important that I touch on this because we mentioned that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You'll experience the reality of what you believe to be true. So if you've got this mindset that you've got to be down here pleading the blood all the time, pleading the blood, then that you're going to have that mindset that you're somehow down here, he's up there, we're pleading, I need, I need this, I need, and you don't understand, I have dominion, I have authority, I'm called to walk by the word of God, declare the word of God, command things to change by the authority and power of the Holy Ghost, and not ask God to somehow like he's this unjust judge that's in heaven determining who he will and won't help among his children. Your spirit man is vast and it carries the third person of the Godhead inside your physical body and it extends beyond your flesh. It extends beyond your body and the anointing is overflowing out of you. Hallelujah. He's overflowing out of you to the point that Demons can feel it. People can feel it. Think about this. Jacob, your power comes from baptism in the Holy Ghost. Jesus said you'll receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He's talking about Holy Spirit baptism. So yes, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to receive power. Jesus taught that. And so what what am I preaching to you tonight? Your spirit, man, is vast and powerful, and it extends even beyond your body, even beyond your body. You can walk. Think think about this. You can walk into a room and change the whole atmosphere because you carry the anointing of God. I've done it. I've seen it done. You can walk into a room 
Have you ever, you've heard me tell the story of when I was in Europe staying in, in Venice, Italy. And we were staying in a very nice hotel. Uh, and I came in and there, you know, everything's beautiful, marble floors everywhere. And, uh, there was a grand piano and I was coming in late because we've been out seeing sights all day with the family. So I came in, it was probably close to midnight, if not midnight. And everybody was in the, the big, you know, it was like a, it's kind of like a hotel restaurant slash bar, big marble. I mean, very, very, very upscale. Everybody's in black tie, evening gowns. You know, everybody's trying to hook up at the bar, getting drunk, having their, doing their thing. And uh, I walked over, I was still in my street clothes because, you know, I love the piano. As you can see, there's like 19 pianos in here. And I walked over cause there's nothing. Let me just tell you from the perspective of a piano player, there is no sound in the world like a concert grand piano reverberating off of marble floors and marble walls. There, there's nothing like it. I mean, there's nothing like it. They've sampled it for today because so many people want that sound. And so I sat down, I was like, and they left it, you know, they left the piano unlocked, which was like, to me, thank you, Jesus. And I came over to that piano and sat down in a crowded, big, like, it was like an open area, like lobby right into this area, like open restaurant bar over to the wall. Everybody's in black tie. And I just sat down and I felt the anointing and I just lifted up the, the, the case on the piano and started playing and I all, I didn't sing anything. I just started playing hymns about the blood of Jesus. Just start playing hymns about the blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There is power, wonder working power in the blood. I'm just playing on the piano and I, it's sounding great, but I feel the anointing and literally I didn't have to sing anything I didn't have to preach a message and I felt the anointing fill that huge marble restaurant slash bar room and people are kind of looking around and it's not because of what I was playing is out of place because, you know, nobody would know it was hymns. I was just playing very, you know, jazzy style playing, you know, and, um, you know, people, some people were really liking it, but you could feel the whole atmosphere change. You could feel the entire atmosphere of the room change from that secular, I'm trying to hook up and get drunk feel to you could feel the presence of God come into that Italian hotel. And one by one, everybody that was there for whatever purpose they were there, they started getting their stuff and leaving. I mean, the anointing of God conviction was hitting the restaurant slash bar. And I'm sitting there and I'm just playing, not singing, just playing. And the power of God filled that room. And one by one, people are picking up their purses and grabbing their stuff and, and leaving and literally cleared the place out. And I, I played for maybe 15 minutes. People were walking up to the uh, concierge. How late do you keep this piano player here? I mean, this is amazing. They're like, we don't even know who he is. You know, it's like, and they're just leaving sat there and they're one by one. All of a sudden I look up, I'm playing. The whole place is empty except for one old couple sitting here having dinner over the table. Guy looks over. He must've been from America. Guy looks over at me and goes, do you know, fly me to the moon. <laughs> and literally people were uncomfortable living in sin in the presence of the Lord. And I didn't have to preach. 
and I didn't have to sing. It felt, you know, it's like, it's like in the Bible, David did the same thing in Saul's court. He didn't sing. The Bible doesn't say he sang. The Bible just says he sat and played his harp. And as he sat and played his harp, the evil spirit that troubled Saul's mind had to leave him and it left him the anointing. And so literally the anointing expands. It comes out of you and it overflows. The anointing that was on my life filled that ballroom, filled that restaurant, filled that bar. And I guarantee you the people that were in there felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Because if you're out, I mean, if you think how many, let me ask you a question, raise your hand in the comments. If you know, before you got saved and you were out partying, you were out on a 12 midnight was not late. You know, that's not late to be out partying. Some people don't even start getting ready until like 10 30, 11 o'clock and leaving their house at 11, 10 30 to head to the party to be out for the night. So midnight is not late. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. They weren't leaving the restaurant because it's like, it's time to go home. No, there's, it's a whole strip of hotels and restaurants. I'm sure they were hopping. You don't go, nobody goes home as well. You know, it is bedtime. It's, you know, 1159. No, the anointing, the anointing was in that room and people are uncomfortable living in sin in the presence of the anointing. And the anointing didn't stay in my body. The anointing flows out of your body. It flows out, out of your belly, flows rivers of living water. I was in that place just doing what God gifted me to do. And everything that was going on that was wicked started to get uncomfortable in that room. Because once the presence of God begins to move, it makes it hard. You know, whether you know the words to the song or not, whether you know the lyrics, whether you even knew it was a hymn or not, when that anointing's going out, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It's hard to hook up to that. It's hard to hook up with girls and guys as that, that being your soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It's hard. It's hard to hook up if that's your soundtrack. It's hard to snort a line of cocaine if that is your soundtrack. You understand what I'm saying? It is so sweet to trust in Jesus. The credit card starts getting heavy in your hand, if you know what I'm saying. And so understand this, the anointing flows out of you, flows out of you. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. If you've heard that time, my father was in that restaurant up in New England and just had never been in there before. And my father just walked in, you know, he's not in there like screaming in tongues. He's just there to have dinner. And there was a, an elderly couple sitting with their adult son who was demon possessed. The adult son was demon possessed. And when my father sat down, the demon inside that man could not take being in the vicinity of the anointing of the man of God. And all of a sudden, and without warning, this guy jumps up, flips the table, freaks out, starts yelling and runs out of the restaurant. His parents are like blown away. They've never seen him act like that. 
looking around. Can't believe that he did that with no warning. Didn't know what was going on. See, of course, they didn't know. They didn't know. They said, I'm sorry. He's he's never done that before. My dad said, I've never been in here before. <laughs> That's because I've never been in here before. It's it's happened. My, my Uncle Terry and I once, we're in, I told you about this. We were in Paris, France. Same thing happened. Just walking down the sidewalk and a guy jumped up in a cafe and started screaming and started knocking tables over and ran out, knocking everybody's drinks off their tables and ran out screaming. We weren't out there preaching on the street or, you know, pray, having a prayer meeting in tongues, just walking by, just walking by. That's it. That is it. Why? The anointing is bigger than you. The anointing extends beyond the borders of your physical body. It overflows out of you and it's there to make a change. It carries with you dominion and authority and power. And the devil can't stand it. The devil cannot stand it when you walk in the anointing of God. Cannot stand it. Cannot stand it. I want you to put that in the comments. The anointing extends beyond my body. It extends beyond my body. No question about it. No question about it. So the question becomes this, is that why does it seem so many people are operating in a high level of power and anointing in the spirit and others seem like they struggle? They're, they're not operating in power, no authority, not seeing manifestations in the spirit. Because if we're talking about mastering these areas of your life, why is it that some people never, ever get to that place? And I'm going to tell you what I believe it is. I'll tell you what I believe it is. It's interesting to me because there were a lot of things that the disciples watched Jesus do. They watched him raise the dead. They watched him heal the sick. They watched him cast out devils. They watched his miracles of provision. But did you ever notice, please notice this if you did, did you ever notice that the disciples never came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us how to raise the dead? Never did they say, Lord, teach us how to heal the sick. They never said that. They never said, Lord, teach us to create miracles of provision like you've done. They've never done that. But what did the disciples ask Jesus? Come to him and ask him. You know what they did ask? Lord, teach us to pray. You ever notice that? That's the question they asked him. Lord, teach us to pray. It seems like even with the wisdom these disciples had, after understanding he could raise the dead and cleanse lepers and heal the sick and cast out devils and create miracles of provision, they didn't look at those things and think that's what we've got to learn from him. What they saw about Jesus' life and what they must have understood was the time he spends in prayer is the element that brings him the results he has in the spirit. The time he spends in prayer determines the results he has in the spirit. Lord, teach us to pray. 
That's what they asked him. That's the secret they wanted to know. That is why they wanted to go behind the scenes and get an inside look at what they knew was really the catalyst for his miracle ministry. Lord, teach us. Show us how to pray like you pray. Show us how to pray. You know why? They understood it. This is the dynamite explosion of the miraculous in any person's spiritual life. It always stems from prayer. Hallelujah. It always stems from prayer. Let me show you something in Mark 9. Go with me to Mark 9. And I am going to pray for you here in a little bit. Mark chapter 9. And this is a story about, of course, you know this, the parents that came to the disciples first with a son who was demon-possessed. And they said, we wanted your disciples, Jesus, to cast this demon out, but they couldn't do it. And Jesus rebuked him and said, you faithless generation, how long do I have to be with you? Bring the boy to me. Now we're in Mark 9, 20. And they brought the boy to Jesus. And when it, the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy and he fell on the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? He said, from childhood. And it's cast him often into the water and into the fire to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said, if I can, all things are possible to the one that believes. Now go down further. The demon came out. Verse 27, but Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. Now look, here's something that you need to see. And when he entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? Do you know, do you know why they were confused? Because they had already cast other demons out before in the past. Now they came up against one that they could not cast out. Doesn't say they wouldn't. It said they could not do it. And, and notice this. And he said to them, and depending on what type of a Bible you have, it reads two different ways. This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Some translations say, but by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting, or of course, most translations say, but by prayer. So Jesus was saying to them, you know, they're confused. How come we've cast demons out in the past? How come we couldn't get this one to be cast out? And Jesus was basically telling them, you don't pray enough to cast out this type of a demon. You ever see it that way? That's what Jesus said. You don't pray enough to cast out this level of a demon. You're not at that level yet. It's because you're not praying enough. Notice, Jesus didn't say, uh, well, you know, I am the son of God and you're just my lowly disciples. You know, I, you, have to, you need to understand that, that I am God's only begotten son and you're just mere men. That's why demons answer to me and they don't answer to you. No, he didn't say that. He said, this kind of a demon does not come out except by prayer. See, because... If, if, he, if they couldn't have done it because he was the son of God and they weren't, then why in the world would he rebuke them? 
and said, oh, you, you couldn't do it, you faithless generation. How long am I supposed to bear with you? You know, that shows you he expected them to be able to cast out devils, all kinds of devils. And when they couldn't, he said, you're faithless and then brought it back to why? You have not been praying enough. You're not praying enough. And so prayer is the key to strengthen your spiritual man. Prayer is, I would say, one of the main keys to strengthen your spiritual man. So you've got to see this. Prayer is something Jesus didn't take lightly. Luke chapter six, Bible says he prayed through the night. He prayed through the night. He didn't, you know, it's like I heard a preacher say on television, one of the stupidest things. Well, God doesn't want us to pray long prayers. He wants us to pray short, faith-filled prayers. Oh, really? Well, I wish somebody would have told Jesus that before he prayed through the night. Before he went into the Garden of Gethsemane and prayed for multiple one-hour stretches and came back and found the disciples sleeping, woke them up. Well, God doesn't want us to pray long prayers. Oh, really? Well, then why did they go up to the temple at the hour of prayer in Acts chapter 3 and every day? Why were they going? Why were they taking an hour to pray? You see, if God didn't want us to pray long prayers, well, that's just stupid. It's all through the Bible. Prayed for hours, prayed through the night, prayed for hour, then stopped, then an hour, then stopped, then an hour, then stopped again. Of course, God wants us to press in in prayer. Prayer, your prayer life, how much you choose to pray, how much you give God in prayer determines how much strength you'll walk in in the power of the Holy Ghost. It's like I heard uh, Pastor Enoch Adeboye say. He said preachers don't pray enough before they preach, that every preacher should pray at least an hour in tongues before they preach. Pray in tongues for an hour. Now, that's a man that's shaking the world. You listen to Dr. David Yungi Cho. He said that when he was in Korea, that he wouldn't, he would not preach in his church before praying for at least two hours. If he came to the United States or if he came to the Western Europe, he would pray a minimum of four hours before any time he spoke. And in a place like Japan, where they've never had a national revival in the history of the nation, he said, I've never stood to preach in Japan. And here's a man who has a burden for Japan that so had a burden for the Japanese people. Though he was from Korea, he learned Japanese so that he could preach to the Japanese people without an interpreter. And he said, I've never stood to preach to the Japanese people without praying for a minimum of six hours before each service. Well, you talk about, about a man that had the largest congregation in the entire world, over a million people at Yoido Full Gospel Church in Seoul, Korea. Built Prayer Mountain and just prays. That's found in his book, Prayer That Brings Revival. So you, you understand this, don't you? That anybody that has shaken the world by the power of God has been a man or a woman of prayer. Prayer gives you power in the Holy Ghost. It allows you to manifest or release the power that's on the inside of you. And many people refuse to pray. They won't wake up to pray. They won't cut things out of their schedule to pray. But if you're going to see your spirit man in a place of power, authority, and glory, and dominion, you've got to become a person of dedicated prayer. Now, maybe you're like I was, and you say, well, you know, I find it hard to pray for long periods of time because, you know, and put your, don't be ashamed of it. I was at this place where put your put your hand up in the comments if you say, you know what, I've tried to pray for long periods of time 
And after 10 minutes, I can't think of anything else to pray for. I've, I've prayed for everything I can think of. And so many people will then just, you know, go into praying in tongues, which nothing wrong with that. You should pray in tongues, but it's like, I can't pray in English for any good period of time. After 10 minutes, I don't know what else to pray, <laughs> know what else to pray for. And that's why the prayer points have been such a blessing. And so what do we do? We take scriptures from the word of God and we have things that we pray about based upon the word of God, scripture. And so we provided you within the Miracle Word app, which you can get for free on the app store, the Apple app store, the Google Play store. Um, you understand we give you over a hundred prayer points for free that you can literally just download to your phone or tablet or laptop and sit there and pray them as you're going throughout your day. And it's like, it literally gives you the thing that we pray for. I've done this with you on the broadcast. It gives you the thing we're praying for. And then the scripture reference that backs up from the word of God, what it is we're believing for. And so listen, that's what you should. If you have a problem where you say, I can't pray in English for longer than five, 10 minutes, use the prayer points and let God then guide your spirit as you're using the prayer points, and then he'll lead you to other things, and then lead you to other things. And I'm not saying you shouldn't pray in tongues. You should pray in tongues. But Paul said, I will pray in the spirit and with my understanding. I will sing in the spirit, and I'll sing with my understanding. So both of them have a place in the life of the believer. You should pray in the spirit, and you should pray in your known language and pray. You know, one of the things that that believers, many times they won't or don't do, or they just don't know to do, is that they never pray any kingdom prayers. The prayers that they pray many times are all very self-centered, and there's a place for that too. You can make your requests known unto God, but there's multiple types of prayer. And one of the prayers that you'll pray is a prayer of intercession. You're praying for the kingdom of God at large. It's important to pray those types of prayers because you've got brothers and sisters all over the world that need your prayers. You've got spiritual leaders here and all over the world that need your prayers. God wants to move on the earth, but he doesn't do things outside of his children. And so we pray. And we don't just pray for things we want or we need or we desire, but we pray kingdom prayers. And we'll pray things like, Father, in Jesus' name. Uh, you can use, it's called Miracle Word, Kimberly. If you just search Miracle Word, you'll find the app in the app store. And inside there, you'll find all the prayer points. But we pray kingdom prayers. What do I mean by that? Father, I pray today for all of your preachers and teachers your ministers all over the world. I pray that you'd strengthen the men and women of God that are preaching the gospel. I pray that you'd give them supernatural strength, give them boldness. I pray, Lord, that no matter what it is that's trying to persecute or keep them back, give them a boldness and put a new fire in their spirit to preach the word of God, the unadulterated truth, the pure and holy truth of the mighty word of God. I pray, Lord, that you'd give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Let them see things in the word they've never seen before. Give them a strength to lead the people of God. I pray, Lord, for the churches of God in every nation of the world. I pray now that you would blow your breath one more time around the world and blow revival into your churches. Lord, anything that was dead, anything that was hanging on that was not of you, anything that was not 
yielded to your spirit, your plan, your agenda. Let it be pruned away by the power of the Holy Ghost and put a hunger back in your people again to pray and to fast and to read the word and to praise you and to worship you and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with their friends and neighbors. Let there be a mighty influx of souls that comes into the kingdom of God this year in Jesus' name. Blow your breath from heaven and blow souls in from every direction. Let our churches be filled with the mighty power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, I pray that you would take by your mighty right hand and lift up those that are standing in the gap for the move of the Holy Ghost and the manifestations of your spirit on the earth. Let us see healing. Let us see signs, wonders, miracles, the proof that Jesus is alive. You know, you begin to pray kingdom prayers, things that are for others, things that are for the body of Christ at large, things that are for spiritual leaders, for your brothers and sisters, asking God to move mightily upon the earth, asking God to blow his breath from heaven. Father, every antichrist agenda that's been sent by the devil to try to hold back the plan of God on the earth, I pray that you would arise and let every enemy be scattered according to Psalm 68. Lord, let every enemy of your presence, every enemy of your word, every enemy of your spirit, every enemy of your move, let it be scattered in 2020 in the mighty name of Jesus. Let every antichrist agenda be exposed and driven out as smoke is driven away by the wind and as wax melts in the fire. I pray you'd melt every trap and every plan of the enemy. I pray you would blow every wicked thing out of our direction. Let America open up. We pray for our president, President Donald Trump and his family. We pray that you would strengthen them. We pray that you'd give them wisdom to lead the nation. We pray that you would give him a hunger to live a godly lifestyle, that you would fill him with the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about kingdom prayers. Stuff that's not just based on, Lord, I need a new car. Lord, would you pay the phone bill? Lord, I need money for the electric bill. More than just about you and your daily needs. And God's interested in that too. But it's more than that. It's a worldwide vision that God's doing something worldwide with his church. Jesus is getting ready to come back again and people aren't ready to see him. They're not ready for heaven. They're not ready to look Jesus in the eye because he won't be their savior and their Lord. He'll come as their judge. And it's important that you take time to pray kingdom prayers and to press in for the things of God because God does have a plan. God does have an agenda that he wants to see take place in this earth before time is up. And we as the church cannot bury our heads in the sand and sit around just praying for little things with little visions and little minds and little desires. Expand your vision. Expand your spirit. No, we've got dominion. It's time to take authority and to loose the power and presence of God in our nation and in the nations of the world where you're watching. Because understand something, until the church is removed from this earth, we have dominion. We are salt and we are light. Salt is a preservative. You know that. Salt is a preservative. It's what they used to use to preserve meat before we had refrigeration and freezing techniques and we had to preserve meat for long periods of time. They would use salt. It's a preservative. And there's a reason that God called us salt because we are the ones preserving this earth so that it's not destroyed before the time. As long as we're here, we are preserving the earth.
You think about that. As long as we're here, we're preserving the earth. And so prayer is a must. Prayer is a must. You've got to have a daily schedule of prayer and pray with fervency. Pray out of your spirit with a fire. Don't listen, don't sit back. Hallelujah. Father, just do the good things that you want to do, oh Lord. Just do the good things, God, that you've got planned. We just ask you. Just love on us, oh Father. No, don't 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 pray like that. Get catch on fire. Catch on fire. Begin to pray with a fervency in your spirit, a fervency in your heart. Give God what's inside of you. Speak like you're expecting it to come to pass. Speak with urgency. Speak with boldness. Ask God with fervor and say, God, we need a move of your spirit. This is, listen, this is not something we do flippantly. This is a matter of life and death. There's souls that are hanging in the balance. People's eternities are on the line. We can't afford to sit back and pray like we're in cruise control. God, just, we don't want to do life alone, God. We don't want to do life alone. Just come and nuzzle up with us, Lord. No, don't pray these Western weak prayers that somebody's praying with bare foot, bare feet on a surfboard somewhere in a church because they don't have enough power in the Holy Ghost to blow the fuzz off of a peach. Get some fire in your spirit and begin to pray with fervency and watch what God will do. You've got to pray. You've got to pray. You've got to fill yourself with the word. This is fuel for your spirit, man. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. Doesn't come by having heard, comes by hearing, continually hearing. That's why I thank you for tuning into the broadcast, listening to Miracle Word Radio, everything, Miracle Word University, everything we make available to you to build your faith, to put you in position for what God has planned for you, you see. So you've got to pray and you've got to ingest or fill yourself with the mighty word of God. You've got to do it. And of course, part of the things we talk about praying, your praise and your thanksgiving should be included in your prayer time. Your praise and your thanksgiving should be included in your prayer time. Much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. We are going to see a mighty move of God. And I'm going to pray for you at the end of this broadcast because as we're going through this series this week, and you need to hear it because I'm, let me tell you, I feel a fire in my spirit to preach this to you. And we covered your soul. Tonight we covered your spirit, man. I hope you get a picture, a vision of how big your spirit is. You're much bigger than what you see in the mirror. You're much more powerful than what you see in the mirror every day. You are full of the power of God, full to overflowing. And so I'm going to pray right now. And let me tell you, one of the things I'm going to pray for you is that a fresh hunger and boldness come upon every person that's watching this broadcast. I know people will watch the replay I know people will listen on the podcast, but I want you to hear this tonight. I'm asking God. In fact, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I'm praying for my friends, all those that are watching the broadcast, those that are listening on the podcast. 
I ask you now in the mighty name of Jesus to impart to us a fire of the Holy Ghost, a hunger like we've never had. I pray because your word declares, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And so we declare it, Lord, we will be filled in 2020 with the goodness of God. We will be filled to overflowing with the mighty goodness of God. Impart to every one of us a brand new hunger in the Holy Ghost to pray and to read your word and to pursue your spirit with everything we have. And as we do, we thank you in Jesus' name, that this will be the greatest year we've ever seen. We thank you we're coming out of this crisis at a higher level, not a lower level. We continue to increase. What's going on in the world does not stop what's going on in the kingdom in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for that. We give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Your glory is endless and knows no bounds. And we thank you. Give us not only a hunger and a desire, but fill us with boldness in this month of May. We thank you that this is our miracle month. We will hold our testimonies in our hand in Jesus' mighty name. It's our miracle month in Jesus' name, and we thank you for it. Now, Lord, we ask you to touch. I'm going to pray some kingdom prayers here. Join in with me. Lord, we ask you to touch the men and women of God in this nation. Give them a fresh boldness. Give them a fresh fire. We pray for our pastors, our evangelists, our apostles, our prophets, our teachers that are in the fivefold ministry gift. Strengthen them and their families. Give them fresh wisdom. Give them boldness. I pray that you'd give them supernatural urgency to see souls come into the kingdom in Jesus' name. Don't let us lay back. Don't let us be satisfied. Don't let us throw it into cruise control. But in the mighty name of Jesus, let us press toward the mark, the high calling in Christ Jesus. And let us see mighty fruit come in this year. Fruit that would blow everybody's minds. Souls like we've never seen. Miracles like we've never seen. Provision like we've never seen. Deliverances like we've never seen. In Jesus' name, I pray now. Uh, Father, this issue that's happening around the world, I pray that you would move by your mighty power and blow your breath and blow every wicked thing out of this nation and the nations of the world. Let the nations open back up. Let the states open back up quickly. And just as quickly as this thing blew in, I commanded to blow out in Jesus' mighty name so quickly that people won't even talk about, talk about it anymore. It'll be ancient history and it'll never take place again in Jesus' mighty name. And let the states quickly open up. We thank you, Lord, that not only will the states quickly open up, but we declare it that the economy will not just go back to where it was and more quickly than any financial expert has predicted, but it will even exceed the economy that we saw before in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you that all of the unemployment we're seeing right now will be quickly turned around and we we will not only see an employment rate that was higher than we saw before, but in America will produce at a higher level than we've ever produced before in Jesus' mighty name. Let there be a mighty influx of new wealth into this nation by the power of God. Father, if, if for nothing else, not just for your people, but because of the fact that we've taken a stand with Israel and that we support your people, Israel, and we stand with them and pray for the peace 
face of Israel, and we stand behind them as their ally. Bless us for your servant David's sake, and for Christ's sake, and for our sake. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you. Increase is coming upon your church. We thank you, Lord. Nothing can destroy the church of God. For Jesus declared, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will never prevail against it. In Jesus' mighty name. And so we thank you that the church is not in trouble, never will be in trouble, but the church is victorious because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We have dominion, we have authority, we thank you for it, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And if you believe it, throw some fire in the comments section and let me know that you're standing with me and believing God for miracles in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. If you're believing for miracles, throw that fire up and let me know you're believing for miracles with me. May is our month of miracles. Hallelujah. May is our month of miracles. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel the anointing. And I'm telling you, you're bigger than you know. You are far bigger than you know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. We've had, in the month of May, God has spoken. And I believe it's it's because of the, what we've been praying. Because we're getting ready to do some things. And I'll, I'll tell you about it later, but I'm excited. We've had more people partner with us in the months of April and May than probably in the last year. Because see, something's taking place. Miracles are happening. And every day, people are being added to Miracle Word Ministries. Many of you that are watching, you're partners with us. But there's people that are watching. You've been on the fence. You know the Lord's been asking you to do it. You say, well, I'll, I'll, I don't know. Maybe I will. Do what he's telling you. Step up. Do what he's telling you. Because let me tell you, when you partner with this ministry, you're partnering not only with a soul-winning ministry, but a ministry that stands for the, the miraculous, for the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you, it is sad how many are backing away from the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. We never will. We stand for the fire of God, for miracles, signs, and wonders, and for souls. And I want to tell you this. If you're not yet a partner, let me encourage you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit. You can see our partners already shouting in the comments. It's fertile ground. Do it. Partner. That's because they know. I'm not just saying this. They, they have seen the rewards. Why? Because it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about the system God set up of seed time and harvest. And so I'm going to take, listen, I'm going to take a step of faith. I'm going to ask you to pray right now. There's people, the Lord's speaking to you this moment to partner with this ministry at a minimum of $85 a month or more. And let me tell you, it changes lives when you do. Not only are people hearing the gospel being saved, healed, delivered, demons literally being cast out, but you're feeding hundreds of children a day around the world. And that's, a, I mean, an all, I call it an all-in-one seed because really everything that you'd want to do for the Lord, it's amazing when you partner with this ministry, it's an avenue for you to do all those things together with us. And we become family. I love it. We become family together. And maybe you're watching, you say, you know what? I, I don't feel to necessarily partner every single month, but I do feel to sow a one-time seed. You can do it. The information's on the screen. Easiest way to do it, no matter where you're watching, miracleword.com. 
Look at, look at Brandon's testimony. I've had three additional sources of income come in in these last 60 days, and it's definitely been a heavenly effect of partnering with this ministry. Can I read you another one? That's powerful, Brandon. I mean, that's huge. That is huge. Three additional sources of income come in in the last 60 days as a result of partnering. Look at that. Mary said, it's an honor to be your partner. It's an honor to have you, Mary, as our partner. Mike said, we have multiplied in abundance once we became partners with this ministry. We love you guys, Mike. Love you guys. Brian, Pastor Brian Wright, love you. Brian has stood behind us for so long, he and his wife. Love you. Love you. Thank you, Brother Dave, for sewing on the website. Listen to this. I, this just came in, and I wanted to read you this testimony because it stirred my spirit up. Listen to this testimony. came in today on Instagram. Let me read it to you. Testimony. Earlier today, I listened to, the pot, to a podcast of yours from May 8th. God put a seed amount to sow in my heart, and I sowed $220, and later today, I went to the mailbox and got a stimulus check for $2,220. I was shocked. Praise God. I mean, I could, I could literally give you testimony after testimony. It's happening for me and Carolyn. We're sowing. We've sown and stayed sowing largely throughout this lockdown. Let me tell you something. A lockdown is never going to lock my sewing down, ever, ever. And so let me, let me encourage you. For those of you that are watching, it is important that you partner with a miracle ministry that's not just, that's not just touching, you know, not just that, well, you know, we're going to let people know about Jesus. It's more than just saying something about Jesus. Do you know what Paul said? And I believe wholeheartedly in this. Paul told the Corinthians, he said, when I came to you, I didn't come with the uh, enticing words of men's wisdom, but I came in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost so that your faith would not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. We don't want to just tell people about Jesus. We want them to see the power of God at work. We want to show them the proof Jesus is alive. We want to show them that he's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a baptizer in the Holy Ghost. Alexandra, we love you. We love you. Ariana, we love you. Appreciate you guys. Mike and Caitlin, we love you guys. Theodosia, love you. The Lord will show you, Jacob. I mean, he will, he'll lead you. He'll lead you. You go by what your spirit, what you feel in the spirit. That's the Holy Ghost speaking to you. That's why I never tell people what to do because I'm not the Holy Ghost. He'll tell you. I don't have to tell you. He will. And I'm telling you, as you obey, see, you have an opportunity. Here's what people need to realize. There's Luenda. We love you. She's a faithful partner with this ministry. We love you. Daphne, joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Remember this. God gives us opportunities. God provides us with opportunities through his instruction. But then we decide what we'll do with those opportunities as we move forward. And so God's not held responsible when people disregard the instruction. But let me tell you something. He definitely gets the glory when we obey his instruction and increase comes upon our families and our lives. And I promise you this, God will never, never, be made out to be a liar. He said, I will not 
be mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. Brandon said, Brother Juan and I are excited with expectation for our mini crusade this weekend and are believing that the impartation we receive from you will be the additional stirring up. I'm with you. I'm praying. Believing God. It's going to take place. And I'm talking about harvest coming in. Harvest coming in, Brandon. In Jesus' name. And so take a minute right now. We're going to pray. The Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. And I believe God's going to speak to people to partner. People are definitely going to... This has been so wonderful. And I've got some exciting things that are happening. I'll present it at the right time. But exciting things that are taking place. But pray with me. Father, now we thank you that we hear your voice clearly. And that you're speaking an instruction to us. As you do, we will obey your instruction. Sow the seed. Partner for those that, are, that you're speaking to, we'll do it, we'll obey, and we thank you, Lord, for it. We give you praise that we will always be the head, never be the tail. We will increase in Jesus' mighty name. We give you honor, glory, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and look at the screen. The information's all there. Hashtag donate. You can use Cash App. You can use PayPal, Venmo. You can use MiracleWord.com, the easiest way to give. If you'd like to mail a check, our, our address is on every page at the bottom of every page of the website. Um, in Virginia Beach, Virginia, the checks are being made out. Natalie, this is live. Yes. Checks are being made out to Miracle Word Ministries. Thank you very much. Thank you for sewing. Thank you for partnering with us. We love you. We love you. Yes, he will. Daphne, you're so kind. And thank you for listening to the Holy Spirit. We love you. And we're praying for you, believing God will increase you far beyond what you could have imagined, far beyond what you could have thought. And I know that he will. Absolutely. <laughs> I know that he will. I'm going to be back with you again in the morning, 10.30 a.m. Don't miss it. And then tomorrow night, we're continuing this series. Brian, Nicole, I love you. I love you very much. Thank you. For sowing a seed. Look at this. My friend, Pastor Alan Meshagan Jr. wrote a powerful book, Air of Power. I'm going to send this to everybody that's partnering with us this month. It's my gift to you. This is a powerful book on your identity in Christ. This is a preaching machine right here. Pastors of church in Georgia, Full Turn Church, Hiram, Georgia. Powerful man of God. I love him. It's Pastor Alan Meshagan. You should check him out. Go listen to him preach. Great preacher. But he wrote this book. He just put out a brand new book as well. Thank you, Tanaya. This is my gift to you. Everybody that's sewing $85 or more this month, anybody sewing 1000 or more, we're going to send you a genuine leather life application study Bible and the brand new, let me give you this as a mini visual, this is not it, but it'll look almost exactly like that. The hardcover with dust jacket version, limited edition, further faster. It's coming to you. As those of you that are partnering with us at $1,000 or more, we thank you. Thank you. There's people that are doing 1000 Some are doing more than that. Some are sowing 2500 5000 10000 some more than that. Do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do, and you'll always be blessed. Always always. Amen.
Went out today. Got my son a haircut. I need a haircut. <laughs> hey, Marie, thank you. I appreciate that. Listen, if you guys haven't got a chance to get further faster, get it. Ebook is available on Apple Books, Kindle. You can get the paperback on Amazon, no matter where you are. You can get it from our website, shop.miracleword.com. We've got some amazing kids' t-shirts getting ready to come out that we're going to show you very soon. And the magazine's getting ready to ship in just a couple of uh, days, really. And so if you'd like to get on that um, mailing list to get a copy of this upcoming magazine and you're not on it yet, miracleword.com forward slash live. And you'll get it. We'll send it to you. And you'll be happy you got it. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. Thanks to everybody. We love you. The Dave, the haircut's not finished yet. You could probably still see the line. It's still there. Got to get it cut. Enjoy it, Natalie. Enjoy it. You guys are the best. Have a, a great, great night. I'll see you in the morning. Don't miss it. 10.30 a.m. Be back live. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.